you. <laughs> it's nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. And we are actually in the same room. Oh my god, we're in the same room. We are support bubble podcasting. We are support bubble podcasting. Which is exciting. I can see Nick's actual face, and we have had a nut roast in the middle of the week. Hey. <laughs> hey. How's the rest Good of your gravy. week been pre nut roast? Fine, you know. Just, um, oh, we really got into the crown. Oh, we both got into the crown. Ooh. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yes. So if you haven't uh, seen The Crown yet, which, uh, where are you? And what have you been doing? (laughs) But um, essentially, uh, I'm going to advocate a drinking game, which is that every time the Queen, played by Olivia Coleman, goes, oh dear. Oh dear. In response to some bad news, um, take a sip. Um, And any time that one of the royal family goes, Ears, then, which is posh English for yes. Yeah, then uh, a shot. So that's basically <laughs> and a shot of something posh. Something posh. What would well, you count? Sangria. Sangria. <laughs> something posh like mm, sangria, <laughs> Lambrini, uh, uh, or a sparkling Perry. Uh, yes, something <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> Baby Sham. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, a highball. What's what? that? I think it's the shape of a glass. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, some sort of posh beverage have that, and um, that will be a delightful way of appreciating the crown. The crine. My other big news uh, this week is I fell in the river. Oh. <laughs> Straight in. Please tell us about that. So, as you know, I live on a boat, yeah. and it was a rainy, uh, and I had to bring the boat to the other side of the river to pick up some heavy deck boards for Ooh, my new deck. It's also midwinter. Oh. It's midwinter, here we are, and uh, it was very slippy, and I said, hmm, it's very slippy, and then I fell straight in, but I was so hungover, uh, I sort of, I didn't scream, it just felt very inevitable, and so I just sort of stood there in the river, which is like 50% rat piss, Oh, (laughs) and sort of went, yes, this this feels right. (laughs) How far up to your waist? So it's like it's also depressingly not even that deep. So the epic nature of living on the boat when you realise that as a five foot two woman it doesn't even reach like your shoulders. (laughs) And I had to clamber out and fingers crossed, I don't have Lyme's disease. (laughs) Yes, that's so that's not the case. Oh, was it was it really freezing? Uh, it wasn't even that cold, which is the scary thing about it. It was colder outside the water, and you're like, why is why it is so warm? <laughs> Has someone done a wee in here? What? I mean, lots of people have done a wee in there, but why else is what it? What is breeding in this shallow <laughs> Oh my God, canal. I've seen some disgusting shit in there. I saw a crayfish once come out and eyeball me. Like, <laughs> they are. like I'm going to drag you back in. Yes, that's Oh, <laughs> that crayfish wanted you for its dinner. And that is why whenever I have the crayfish and avocado salad in Pret-a-Manger, I'm like, good. <laughs> I'm glad they're dead. Not only are they delicious, but I'm glad they are dead. <laughs> because otherwise they're going to come for you. Yes. In the canals. Everybody eat more crayfish. No. <laughs> I'm not advocating it. I'm a vegetarian. Yes. So am I, apart from crayfish. <laughs> as I previously said, I'm glad they're dead. Now, the other big news... I believe that up till now we didn't know what the name of the podcast was when we were making the podcast. (laughs) I think that's the case. So we were previously toying with lots of things and um, Great Geek Girl was our front runner, but that has been vetoed. We are now called Kick It Up, as you will know from the title Kick It Up. And now we can stay together in the same room. Nick, let's kick it it up. up. Yeah. So that's basically 
our other big news, yes. um, which I'm very excited about. So um, let us talk about what we are doing this week. Yes, this week we have something very exciting. We have Janet Jackson, who I have basically no knowledge or experience of prior to this, which is why I was so excited about it. Mm. Uh, very similar to the BTS. Yeah. I have no, I come with no basically no preconceptions and no, what I thought was no knowledge of her music, but turns out is actually quite a lot of knowledge of her music because she's fucking massive. Yeah. She's like one of the biggest selling artists of all time. Yes. I had no idea. This is the incredible thing, I think, about Janet Jackson is that she's a huge, she's a huge artist. She does huge tours. She's one of the most successful recording artists of all time. And yet, strangely, it sort of feels like she's been... I don't know if Nipplegate has sidelined her. Maybe. Um, or And therefore, like maybe if I had been the age I am now, about 20 years ago, she would have felt like a bigger artist. Mm. Or it was just forever the sort of spectre of Michael that has made her feel like she's not as big as she is because the only person bigger than her is fucking Michael Jackson. Yes. The entire... Jackson kind of machine monster situation that sort of I think probably has overshadowed to some extent the individuals within it but also Janet Jackson as the artist that I sort of feel like I've discovered yeah me too you know she's sold over 100 million records wow she has the most entries in the US billboards uh, by woman consecutively and that's 18 which is just insane that is insane yeah yeah so she's there as an artist being amazing mm-hmm. and we are going to be looking at this tour which i'm really excited about and the tour is all for you it's the all for you tour which i think is her fourth tour that she did and so this is like 2001 this is like peak janet is yeah. it would you say peak janet i think we could say that it is peak one janet. could argue peak janet one could argue that it's peak janet um great and yeah so um so you don't have much prior knowledge of janet mm-hmm. jackson so i rediscovered um in the course of researching this, because I suddenly had this like, oh my God, I feel like I had this sort of moment with Janet Jackson. Mm. And what I uh, Googled and YouTubed and found was this performance that she did on Top of the Pops in 1996. And you have sent to me, and everybody must oh. send themselves to immediately now. Yes, I'm going to say, stop the podcast, <laughs> watch this, <laughs> I'm just gonna get the, I'm, I'm going to get the wording up so you can find exactly yeah. uh, what to look up. Okay, so on YouTube, very easy, it's Janet Jackson... Uh, got till it's gone top mm-hmm. of the pops that's it just google that yeah so this was in 1996 and it was to oh, oh you can hear me starting go. it there that it was in support of uh, so it's a performance in support of the release of a single um got till it's gone which i think is a phenomenal song oh it's fucking brilliant and it's sample it samples Joni mitchell uh and janet jackson is a huge Joni mitchell fan and she's yeah. a huge fan of like a completely uh, uh she's got a like a huge like breadth of uh, stuff she's really into, which yeah. I, I find completely surprising. But actually, it shouldn't be that surprising considering the family she's from and the era she grew up in. Yeah. So yeah, so she samples the guts that's gone a little refrain from Johnny Mitchell. Yeah. And what's the, and what's the line? They're like Johnny Mitchell. Never, Johnny Mitchell never lies. Johnny Mitchell never lies. It's such. I mean, I think the track is kind of one of my favorite pop songs of all time i think Mm -hmm. it's amazing and then also this performance is so unbelievably stunning and i remember (laughs) watching it as a kind of like little queerdo kid who who didn't quite realize that in a village in hampshire watching this like incandescent like incredible just beautiful precise performance she looks amazing she's in a suit so they've got this sort of like and sort of they're all in these like velvet suits velvet and suits. ties yeah. and they're just 
It's and also, if you're not from the UK, like Top of the Pops was sort of the um, was the, the like, it was every week. It was kind of like the chart show, and there'd be live performances. Friday night, yeah. I was allowed to paint my nails and have a small glass of red wine from the age of thirteen. <laughs> well, I watched Top of the Pops, and a bag of crisps wasn't allowed. Crisps during the week, wine, crisps, and nail varnish. Wow! While we watched Top of the Pops, that sounds like a heady brew. <laughs> teenage desire <laughs> yes. um and yeah um the thing about it is that it was always a little bit naff i would say top of the pops, top of the pops. it was mm. always a little bit naff but this performance is just elevated beyond and i think you know it was probably up to that point one of the most avant-garde things i'd ever seen although actually uh, maybe not we'll, we'll talk about that in a second mm. but um uh you know i think it was one of the most sort of avant-garde pop performances i've ever seen i just it blew my mind so I would really recommend seeing that and that was a very pivotal sort of moment for me in terms of um that so Janet Jackson um was absolutely present through that performance for me and I oh one intro to Janet yeah I also love from the so so the Velvet Rope album which precedes the album um, All For You you, was is kind of is a really um, if you're not familiar with Janet Jackson I think this is a really album that I would say start with this one in a way because um, it is Janet Jackson at her most kind of experimental, mm-hmm. her darkest, and uh, it follows um, uh, essentially what's often termed as an emotional breakdown. I don't know quite kind of what that means. Was this her post her divorce or something so, like that? So she, she was still married, mm-hmm. but she'd had this um, this sort of this breakdown. I think she was having um, trouble. She was having a lot of OCD issues as well, and she also sort of started to speak about the fact that she'd had long term depression. Yeah. And the concept of the album was uh, introspection. Wow. And it's just this incredibly um, layered, experimental, but also kind of like it's got this sort of like futury pop there's mm. elements of um of electro there's elements of uh hip-hop there's elements of r&b there's elements of pop and it's just an incredible album um and the album all for you finds janet in a more um sort of playful mood i think sexy sexy so <laughs> um so yeah so i wanted to ask you because um we are going to find janet in a sexy mood so sexy so, so, sexy. so unexpected i mean like she doesn't fucking oh she's not playing straight in there uh, yeah. she even the little intro um the sort of welcome to this because the show is in honolulu hawaii it's the end of the tour yeah so you have her um which because it was broadcast there's the little broadcast entry uh, and it's janet just strolling through uh, what looks like some beautiful hawaiian countryside just takes her bra off she loses her top she she doesn't lose it mate she takes it off and <laughs> drops it very much on purpose in the forest or jungle and then gets amongst some water and then cut to just full nude janet above her name like if that as if that wasn't enough we've had and it's like full side tit and then there's like full nude janet just yeah. having a lie down yeah. and then the show starts then the show starts yeah, it's great. So I wanted to ask you about um, uh, about um, going to anything that's going to gigs, any kind of like saucy moments. Has, has like, has, and also, by the way, you, know, you can tell that I'm British because immediately talking about anything sexy becomes saucy. She's a sauce part. It's just, like, it's just so ridiculous, the British relationship to sex. But I was just going to ask if um, mm. you've ever been to a gig and like maybe have you like, copped off have you like started a relationship at a gig have you has anything ever happened oh that's such a good question because gigs are also a great place to go to 
to use the British word, cop off. <laughs> so, <coughs> saucily cop off. Saucily. Being a sauce part. <laughs> saucily cop off. Yes, I do remember my first boyfriend, Lane, who lives in a car now, tries to finger me at a less than Jake show at the Preston Academy, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's a correlation between that and him his car? <laughs> I suppose you could start to see the signs. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if it was the purchase of the Less Than Jake tickets or the fingering at the show or it's just a combination of other elements of his personality that should have said to me that man's going to live in a car one day oh bless him yes I well, hope he's I hope he's okay <laughs> he's okay in his car well I mean, I mean how about you Nick well <laughs> um, so um, I once went to so this is kind of wasn't necessarily something that I intended to get mixed up in. But I... Uh, but, honestly, officer. <laughs> yes. So I uh, once went to... So I went to Glastonbury Festival um, several years ago, way back, and um, it transpired, all this rumour went around Glastonbury Festival that there was going to be a secret uh, Portishead gig. Yeah. And um, and I was like, oh, I love Portishead. And I was like, oh, I have to get to that thing. And also, I've got such terrible like FOMO that if there's like, this, this could be a Portishead gig, I was like, right, I have to be there. <laughs> so so I went to this tent where it was rumored to be happening because it wasn't in the main lineup. Mm. And um, basically, the two hundred fifty thousand other people had also heard this, <laughs> so everyone rushed to this sort of tent basically to get in and i had managed to get in but essentially there was no way out yeah like it was one of the situations where how big out. is this tent is it meant for like much? it was big it was probably it was probably only like two thousand people could get in there oh, dear. so so you were just basically cemented in basically um and um portishead came on and you know they're quite a there's a sensuality to them dark there's a dark there's sensuality, a dark sensuality. To yeah and about halfway through, I started to realise that the couple that I was kind of wedged against were having full penetrative sex <laughs> on me, oh, basically. so you were the uh, ballast, would you so say, I was upon assen- which Yeah, were- I mean, I was essentially like, I don't know, I don't know what, but, but essentially, <laughs> I didn't, I had not consented to that moment, but there was nowhere I could go. <laughs> oh, no. So I basically, it was like, Porter's head, and I was just, I'm just going to focus on that while people were rutting against me. So that was. Did that? that was, did it add to the uh, the experience of the music in any I, way? I mean, you know, I suppose I suppose it added like a uh, a level of kind of like un unrequested physicality. <laughs> that, that they start of, to read into their lyrics a lot. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose in a way, uh, but also uh, it's just, it was just one of those moments where I'm. Just, oh no, that was the other thing is that at one point. <laughs> At one point, I was like, I think she, because she was in front, if you would imagine. Yes. I think yes, that she um, grabbed hold of my shoulder and squeezed it. Oh, so yeah. that indicates that she was maybe having a nice she time. Was, so she was having a nice time. At least someone And I was, was. like, I'm just going to have to uh, accept this role as yep. the person who's sort of the, the shoulder squeeze. When they finished yes did they just go back to sort of nodding along to Portishead I think they just sort of stood going like oh yeah Portishead oh this is good because they can't get out can they nobody can get out well you know what people take a lot of drugs at Glastonbury I don't know I've never been but I have been to music festivals you take a lot of drugs the majority of people I would Mm -hmm. say although there was a 
the, a couple of Glastonbury's ago, they did a survey of people leaving. They found it was one of the most Tory places in Britain. Oh, don't say that. Um, oh, I'm but sure. not, not that Tories don't take drugs. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, sometimes you get carried away, don't you? Sometimes you're feeling it, depending on yeah, what well, drug precisely. you're on. Yeah, precisely. So I think that, sadly was my most saucy moment yes. at a gig. <laughs> and it was completely unwanted and unrequested. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So we, we will um, get into Janet's... Janet's... Particularly sauciest moment. Yeah. Um, which happens... Oh, um, my goodness. About halfway through this gig, because the... the um, the nude side boob uh, naked Janet is just the start. That of this. is just the start. That is just for starters. And so- this was really surprising to me because, again, I had I don't really know anything about Janet Jackson. I was like, fucking hell, this is full on. And having done now research into yeah. her, and she was really having she's gone on a real journey from yeah. a very shy, introverted girl into going like full on owning a very particular kind of sexuality, a kind of like very female focused pleasure-focused sexuality, which is... Um, she's not holding back. No, she absolutely is not. And she feels very, like, um, very innovative and is, like, the precursor to, like, Rihanna and Beyoncé oh, yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah. about 20 years before they were around. Yeah, absolutely. And the Velvet Rope, actually, um, you know, part of the sort of uh, concept of it and the, the thing that makes it so interesting is that it covers things like um, domestic violence and... But there's a lot of S&M references. Mm-hmm. And also she sings a, a love song to a woman. But it's like quite a... It's basically like a song about like they're just about to have sex for the first time. Yeah. So. Oh, God. She's yeah. the best. So she's this fascinating. Is, the problem with these shows is that I'm just... Well, not the problem. One of the joys of doing this is like, I'm just a fan of everybody we've been looking at now. I'm more of a Madonna fan. I'm more of a... Uh, even more of a Kate Bush fan. I'm more of a BTS fan. And now so I'm a they, Janet fan. We need to choose... Oh, you know what? Who I've left out? Celine. Celine, I was just going to say. <laughs> Sorry, Celine. Sorry, Celine. And I love... Respect. And respect <laughs> Celine as a woman. And... <laughs> and shoe owner. Yes. An incredible holder of shoes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think... The, so, Janet Jackson, um, you know, obviously started out with uh, with the Jacksons and, and performed with them and uh, as a child um, and then um, you were telling me that she was in fame yeah so she started off as an actor she didn't want to be a singer and she started off as a child actor in oh god I can't remember what it's called Growing Places or something like that um, she started off uh, and she auditioned and think she was about 11 years old and it was a serious drama piece she had to come in and, and cry for this audition oh yeah and she was able to do it uh-huh. as a child actor. So she yeah. had this like quite serious, heavy role. And then she went on to do Fame, the TV show, yeah. uh, where all, everybody else was sort of trained dancers and singers. And she wasn't. She wasn't very interested in doing singing. It was her dad, Joe Jackson, yeah. who really pushed her to do it. Uh-huh. And she was very self conscious because she's got quite a like compared to the other Jacksons and compared to the sort of female sort of singers at the time and also now it's quite like it's different like it's a small thin kind of husky voice yeah she's not going like full belt like mariah yeah is and so she was really self-conscious about it so yeah she started off as an actor yeah and and then from there she did like 
three or four albums of quite like wholesome yeah. stuff until she could get out from under her father's control and she left his management company and that is when she made control yes control. control exactly which starts with her saying i'm now in full control yes it's very very um clear, <laughs> clear. <laughs> it's but, not an obtuse reference to what's going on in her life but exciting and i looked i was looking at some of her early work and her early in, in she's got like a really nice there's a nice kind of disco-esque album mm. that sounds a bit kind of like I mean, obviously, the, it sounds a bit kind of like Jackson-y kind of disco. That's the first one. It sounds kind of quite kind of like upbeat. And then then I think it became more kind of like pop, 80s kind of pop. Yeah. And then um, and then Control. And it's like, and then she's like, bam, she's off. Yeah, she hired two producers and she was very intentionally making what she wanted to make was like black a black album. She wanted to work with black people. She wanted to do black music. And she became quite political when she finally got her control. Yeah. She became quite single-minded and political and specific in the things that she was choosing to do. Yeah. And from there, it was all Janet, all the time. Hey. And, you know, it was very interesting to read about um, the, the, how political her work has been in lots of different ways. And um, the... The, the, the activism in her work as well, mm-hmm. um, which is not something that necessarily you would perhaps get from the kind of the poppiness of it. And the sort of sexiness of it, although that is in itself like its, its own class. political statement and act. Yeah. But actually going back over this uh, show and recognising all the sort of like R&B tracks I knew from like the early 2000s yeah. and hated as a child because uh-huh. I was a little snob okay. watching Top of the Pops and anything that was like poppy and R&B I was like no thank you uh-huh. it's just Sweez and Grebo <laughs> <laughs> and that was music for townies and we threw rocks at each other in the park wow. at the weekend and uh-huh. so this music was not for me but yeah you wouldn't have got or I definitely didn't pick up on the sort of like the really political edge that she has and still has actually because if you follow her on Instagram uh, everything she posts is political stuff or Black Lives Matter stuff or like building up other black women and black artists and mm, stuff like that. Amazing. So she's still got it. Yeah. And the other thing that that sort of, you know, because there has been, I think, a, there, there was a hiatus and she was sort of in this wilderness after the the, uh, the Super Bowl and we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, she's got like, what a mate, there's such amazing tracks. Like, incredible songs in there that I'd I'd sort of forgotten about so this has been a kind of a rediscovery but just I mean I think like Nasty is an amazing song yeah I think like Rhythm Nation is amazing yeah Um, I I think actually um, Together Again is one of my favourite songs one of my favourite songs one of my favourite pop songs so I think she's just got this incredible back catalogue and actually compared to people like uh, Madonna and Kate Bush she is totally happy to do like a best of like this concert, she's yeah. not. She's giving the people what they want, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I appreciate yeah. as well as someone who doesn't, who didn't think they knew her music to be like, yeah. ah, this is like a full spectrum of four or five albums rather than just the all for you album that she was promoting at the yeah. time. And this was one of the interesting things about the kind of critical reception of this al- of this tour at the time was that, that that they sort of mentioned quite a lot how she was happy to play the hits, yeah, as, as opposed to Madonna, who at the time was touring the Drown World. Uh, show which I saw and um, 
you know, Madonna's thing is, has often been, especially at that time, was about, like, I'm not going to play the old songs. Mm-hmm. And it was very much about, I'm going to, it was very much about that album. Um, and, like, drum. inhabiting whatever character she was then, be yeah. it cowboy yeah. or other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, whereas whereas Janet Jackson is quite happy, so we'll go into that, that back catalogue and, uh, and is quite happy to go, like, here's that song with a nice dance routine. Yes. There you go. Well, not even just nice dance routine, because I think the... Thing to like that is incredibly obvious to say about all of the Jacksons is that they're fucking incredible dancers. Yeah. Like there is nothing, there is nobody like yeah. her. Like as a body, not to object- oh. objectify her, but it's hypnotizingly. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm just in most, most of my notes are just abs. How does she abs? Abs? <laughs> what abs? I don't know if you've ever had abs. I've never had abs before. I mean, I once bought one of those ab belts. You know those things that you strap around yourself to like give yourself abs. <laughs> just ladies and gentlemen, does, does not work. Does not work. <laughs> Is that one of the things that, like pulses? It goes, oh. <laughs> does it work? I got. Well, I was fourteen years old, and I got. Wow. I wanted to have abs, so I got a little. Um, what's it called? Like a Saturday job. Okay. Um, loading the dishwasher to get um, so I could save up like a hundred pounds and buy one of these like ab things, and I didn't get the abs, but I did get a fungal nail infection from the dishwasher. So. <laughs> You know, you know you give, God gives with one hand and takes, and with, takes the other. with the other. Um, oh, well, you know, abs can be painted on. That's, <laughs> that's the spirit. <laughs> a bit of contouring, that's all you need. Um, <laughs> Just tuck into that nut roast. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so there's... There, there's uh, there's just, a, I think there's a lot to sort of unpick and discover here. And I think th- this is why I'm really thrilled that we're doing this, um, this tour. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention was like, looking through the reviews. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's an interesting thing because it's kind of inevitable, I guess. But also uh, <laughs> is that she's constantly being, there's, there, she's constantly being discussed in terms of other female artists. Yeah. And I think all female artists suffer from that, right? And I wanted to ask you about that because um, it, it, like, you know, there's, the, for example, the the review where they're like, oh, well, you know, she she's more playful than Madonna, etc., etc. She's constantly compared to Madonna. Madonna. In every review I read, it was Madonna. Yeah, yeah, and but that I wonder is a, is perhaps something to do with the kind of almost overshadowing. Or or the fact that I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but the fact that that she's constantly, you know, it's constantly like in relation to somebody else. Yeah, I think it really haunted her, yeah. like the whole, especially because it was in relation to her brother. Yeah, and then in relation to other women, she was sort of Michael Jackson, maybe because of a particular kind of almost like I don't know, alien, genderless sort of creature. He was sort of transcended everybody else in comparison like you can't compare anybody with Michael Jackson yeah 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 but I suppose as Janet Jackson wasn't it was uh, less about her as a very specific personality and more about the whole package the music the politics and the dance routines like you watch her choreography and compare that I mean if you are going to compare to like Michael Jackson he's the star and he's often by himself or he'll be dressed completely different doing something different but hers are like tight military all of the people usually dress the same or similar to her they're doing the same thing and actually listening to interviews with some of her backing dancers uh, one of them was like she jumped ship from she did Janet, then did Michael, then jumped ship back to Janet Jackson because she was like to be as a dancer is much more fulfilling 
to dance with Janet Jackson because yeah. you're part of this big sort of army unit that are yeah. doing the same sort of thing yeah. rather than in the background. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I can see how she sort of ends up, uh, her personality is less of a, or her sort of character is less of yeah. a unique, shiny, weird thing. So she will get compared, I think. Yeah. And something that I noticed quite a lot in um, listening to some of the back catalogue is that is is that her voice is often quite low in the mix, yeah, and um, is not necessarily always uh, for, for gra- you know uh, flagged up in the, yeah. the mixes of the songs. And I think that's actually a choice because I think. Uh, she could quite easily have changed that. She could quite easily change that. So I do think that's an artistic choice, and I think that if you listen to her, like her early disco album, like she's kind of belting, like she's more belting them out, yeah. out at that point. So I think there's there's something about that that's a sort of uh, artistic choice around mm-hmm. the way the voice is used. But um, it does get called thin a lot in the reviews. Yeah, it does get called thin, and but there, there's an interesting. Um, so there's a Vice article about um, sort of. A way to it's a good article, I'd recommend people reading it about kind of like ways into Janet Jackson, nice. like understanding her as an artist. And this is a, like both an example, I think, of how she's always been compared, and also sort of an interesting way of thinking about her. And what they say, um, was that uh, during Janet's ascent, the space, the space for black women in pop was finite, with only uh, Whitney Houston occupying the other lane. Mm-hmm. Where Whitney used her voice with potency, Janet did the opposite. She filled the spaces of each song in a whisper as if to tickle the track. Yeah. Which I think um, is both actually a really great way of sort of talking about how she wasn't, like, sort of using her voice as a kind of powerhouse uh, where it wasn't like the, the foreground of everything. But also, again, compared. Yeah, compared. But it also speaks to like how much of a monolith kind of music has become as to what you expect every single song to sound like. Yeah. That hers would be such a surprise that it's uh, you know lower in the mix, sort of like more whispery. Yeah. And when I, when she first came on the stage, to be honest, I was like, oh, this is not quite good. But by the end of it, you start to appreciate it as the sort of instrument in itself that it is. Yeah. You're like, I like this. I want more of this. Yeah. Please whisper, whisper to me, Janet. Yeah. And I, I was thinking of a strange... I was thinking of, like, a little bit of a parallel mm-hmm. here, which, again, I mean, I'm, I think, inevitably, we're, we're going to be, like, delving into the violent act of comparison. <laughs> which I, I apologise. But um, I was thinking about, for example, and although I don't think that there's... I'm not comparing them as artists in, in lots of ways, but, like, if you think about Enya... But the thing about Enya... Oh, God. But the thing about Enya was that, you know, she was a studio artist mm-hmm. who... But her vo- the voice was always low in the mix, kind of like a sort of an Another instrument. Another instrument, yeah. And, and often layered. And, and Janet Jackson's voice, particularly in the studio mixes, is, is often layered and, yeah. and doubled and supported. Um... And I just think it's interesting that sort of um, this choice to kind of pull back on the on the voice and where it sits in the in the mixes. Um, but yeah, lots to talk about. And Shall we get into it? Let's get into Shall it get and into lots it? to jump into. So yeah, as we said, so we're looking at um, this was a special that was broadcast on HBO. Yeah. Um, it's the All For You tour it's 2001 and if you want to watch along it is on YouTube and it's the final night of the tour and it's in Honolulu, Hawaii although it was supposed to tour 
uh, to Europe, but then 9-11 happened and uh, she yeah, cancelled, yeah. so just another big uh, shout-out to 9-11. And also to say that she was going to tour this year and it was cancelled because of coronavirus. Oh, Janet. Yeah, so she's had a long, bad luck. What's bad luck as uh, the people who were in 9-11 or, or died of died COVID. COVID. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. <laughs> but, um, so, um, uh, yeah, so the, the special was called Janet Live in Hawaii and it was released on June the 17th, 2002. Um, and it was recorded February the 16th in 2002 in the Aloha Stadium. Oh, my apologies, not 2001, 2002. Yeah, so uh, so that was, uh, so it's filmed in Hawaii. Um, and as we mentioned, um, the... The the, the the presentation the DVD starts with um, we're on a holo- we're on a helicopter. Oh yes, oh, going yes. over um, Hawaii paradise. Yes, and I believe she's islands. carving her own name. She's into writing the her sand. own name in, uh, on a beach. Like um, you sort of see, like couples that just get engaged that do a little heart in the sand. Yeah, but Jay it's Janet. and but it just says Janet. Uh, and then she inexplicably gets up <laughs> and runs through the jungle. Where are you running to, Janet? Where are you going, Janet? <laughs> She takes off her top. Good, fine, take it off. <laughs> because you want, because it's humid. <laughs> yes, also, it's going to get in the way of you running around, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to get in the way. And also, that is probably a good way to, like, save yourself from mosquitoes. Mm, yes, as anyone with breasts knows, running without a bra is just much easier yeah, and more freeing <laughs> when they're flapping around. <laughs> oh, I don't think Janet's flat. Oh, no. Through, through a jungle terrain. <laughs> um, so she whips off that bra and she runs along and then she comes, she comes to a waterfall. Oh, that, I didn't know that was going to be there, yeah. Janet. Oh, it's a beautiful waterfall. She's standing in front of it, fully topless. Yep. And she enters the waterfall and then we're in the show. We're, no, then there's a shot of her lying down nude and then we're in the show. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so and she is... Um, She's up, up res- a plinth. She, she's on a she's up a plinth, and there's a hype opener, mm-hmm. and then the um, the the uh, uh, curtain falls, and there is Janet up a plinth. And interesting fact that was recorded twice no. because the um, the curtain got stuck. So Janet, <laughs> oh, the no, curtain no. got stuck. Oh, a hype open plus a, a cor- hype opener, and oh, then. That's the real risk so of a So Janet Jackson stopped the show and had everything reset. <gasps> and, what the hell and they started took? again. That must have taken a while. It must have taken a while. But um, So someone who was there on the night said that she stopped everything and was like, I want the best for this show, so we're going re- to restart. Fair enough. And so she restarted. Um, so, done, that uh, pl- done that plenty of times yeah. on, on stage. We. <laughs> The good thing is, she's up a plinth, but she's found her top again. Yes. So that's... that's... I mean, sadly for us, but luckily for her, she's in a top. Not a big one, to be fair. Yeah. Um, And so she is... It's the sort of... um, She and their dancers, they're all, again, in sort of egalitarian sort of feel. They're all in the same sort of look, which is kind of like a beige fringing. I'm going to start on a sour note. Oh, no. (laughs) And just talk about flares. Oh, what? Hang on. Don't, because, don't come at flares. Because don't come at the flares costume for me. at this moment is a flare. Uh, it's a very specific early, nine, early noughties it's flare. Very, We're not talking a 70s no. flare. It's a... I... It's a... It's a boot cut. <laughs> it's a boot cut flare. <laughs> and and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of kind of ribbony fringing around it as I well. I don't mind the fringing. I'm going to have to be honest. At this point, I was like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not digging the look. No. But she looks resplendent and stunning. Yeah. But I just wasn't so sure about the costuming at this point. Um, 
But so we get uh, "Come On, Get Up," which is the first track, and um, this is—you um, don't see a band or anything at this point. So just her and the dancers. Uh, so they've all been—they were on, on plinths and they kind of descended to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there are a number. To be honest, it took me five to ten minutes to get into this because there are a number of early lip sync errors. Ah, which, uh, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of very vigorous head flipping. <laughs> I would say, and yeah. I, my feeling about that is that it's probably even with um, a, a strong voice, I think it's probably quite hard to sing and yeah. do that at the same time. And there's so there's a couple of songs uh, before the band is revealed. So we have that opening number, and then we have ooh, an MC arrives, yeah, uh, in the corner and promises us. Uh, this is after the second track. Promises us spirits. And things. Yes, so a kind of like ringmastery vibe. Mm, he appears then and doesn't appear throughout. I thought this was going to be set up to a sort of theme that was happening, but no, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not the case. And he's also lip syncing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he talks about uh, a universe full of spirits. Uh, yes, sassy spirits, strong spirits, mm-hmm. I'm quoting, whimsical spirits, sensual spirits. Sensual spirits. But now, funky spirits. Yes. And I do feel a little bit like uh, with an MC. It's a little bit like Chekhov's gun, you know? Like, if you see a gun in the first half of a play, yeah. it must be shot by the end of the play. <laughs> if a sexy MC promises you spirits at the top, you do need to see that MC come back with evidence of some of those spirits later on in the show. Yeah, that's if not, you're like... true. So I guess the thing is, like, these things are going to be happening and that's the spirit of the show, but yeah. No, so, not, so, much, not, not, not much, much specific spirit. relevance. I mean, <laughs> I, you can definitely read into it, but um, as an audience, they're asking you to do more work. And you know what? Being treated with respect and intelligence by someone that asked me to do work as an audience, don't <laughs> necessarily not appreciate that. Yes. Thank so you, Janet. Think, then we're into All For You and yep. we've got the live band reveal. Yes, All For You, which is a great track. I think All For You is an incredible song. It's a great pop song. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is one of my favourite pop songs. Um, and it's so joyous. And we find Janet at this point um, following the, the Velvet Rope album, which was a much more dark, brooding song, uh, album, uh, introspective. Um, All For You, the album, finds Janet in much more playful mood. Yes. She's dating. She's she, divorced. She's divorced twice. No one's for twice. It's good to get a couple of divorces under your belt before you're 35, which yeah. she has just done. Yeah, so she's free she's out she's exploring her full range of sensual she's seen a good package and she would like to ride it tonight yeah that's right so the lyrics are um it's got the the, the famous lyrics uh, got a nice package all right gonna have to ride it tonight and she is not talking amazon prime she's just gonna have to <laughs> she's just gonna have to <laughs> um, and um so so Jan- janet's so she'd been married once before she got married really young so she was yeah. they're all jehovah's witnesses the jacksons mm-hmm. and she was not allowed to go out she was not allowed to people, have people over to their house which was basically a compound i mean the word compound it was used uh, as a situation to grow up in <laughs> doesn't sound good but yeah used uh, by her her sister latoya jackson in this documentary i watched about her the compound mm. um so she and her first boyfriend, who was another fellow, I didn't recognise him, but a fellow celebridad from around Los, uh, Los Angeles, yeah. he was about 21, she was 18, they eloped, that only lasted about seven months. Oh. So I think this is now in her, at the end of her second marriage. She's about, she's 35 here. 
In her prime. She's in her prime, looking resplendent, and she is out there living her life. And, oh, I was just going to promise, because I promised myself the first mention of Latoya, a story oh, that I wanted to tell. Yes, yes. Which is a borrowed story. So I uh, used to work with someone who was a Canadian actor, and he told me, he grew up in kind of rural Canada, yeah. and every year they had a cow show. <laughs> um, which was like the big event of was the it a, a show for the cows or a show about cows you'd show off the cows oh you show so it's not like the humans wouldn't be like tonight cows it's your night and do like a cabaret for the cows <laughs> Okay. It would be the cows would be the the thing that you were going to look at. Canada, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. But each year they would have um, a music act, and the, and he said that there was one year it was Latoya Jackson. No, no Latoya. <laughs> and he he was quite excited about Latoya Jackson, but he said that um, you had to pay to get in to see the cows, but Latoya Jackson was free to go and see. Oh God. God. And he said that she came on and went, Hello, Canada, fell off the stage, and that was the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> so that's my Latoya oh, Jackson. Latoya Jackson, yeah. always forever living in the shadow of her oh. nine brothers and sisters oh, and the shadow of the cow shed. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, no. So I've just got for uh, All For You, dancing equals awesome. Yes. It's. I think this. I think because it's just such a great track. Oh, it's so good. I think the, the the dancing in this moment feels much more integral. I sort of felt like up till now, it sort of feels like just that thing of like we're going to do some dancing and it's going to be a kind of like and leg up and leg down and mm-hmm. blah, blah blah. But this one, I don't know. It just it's got so much. Oh, it's it, got everything. Yeah. Um, so then we're into Love Will Never Do, which is uh, the the band is out, and I think that this is where we get the first live vocal. Yes, and her voice is kind of again not to use this thin, but it's like unexpectedly low in the mix, and maybe she's tired from the yeah. dancing, or maybe we just again at this stage in my Janet knowledge, I'm expecting something else from like a lead female vocalist. Well, this is the thing. I think we are we have been sort of groomed in a way to to feel like somewhat like over singing the kind of Celine mm-hmm. Dion style over singing is like the real singing. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I and mean, this is just a new, this is a different approach. Yeah. And again, you look at her influences and stuff like that. Mm. Like Joni Mitchell yeah. is not an over singer. And like yeah. later on, she samples like America. Carly Simon. Uh, Carly Simon and America. They're all like kind of Americana, like yeah. mid seventies Americana, where that is just definitely not the sort of uh, singing they were doing at the time. So yeah. it could be that she's just not into it. Yeah. Um, and so from here we are into oh uh, this is like a backstage oh, cam yes. stuck to Celine style yes so yeah we suddenly from out of nowhere we're, we're following Janet backstage for a quick change mm. which I'm glad to see obviously but it's also covering up ooh what's going on on stage while we're in Cirque to yeah, Janet backstage well, I just to the other thing that I want to say about this costume change because with Celine it was very much like yeah they were stripping her naked and rubbing her with oil mm-hmm. but you would only see have, like they were just like crop at the shoulders yeah with this they're not cropping no they're going in like you see full janet jackson stripped down yeah like they the cameraman is having a lovely time going going like doing a lot all of women, close-ups all person. Yeah, all person doing a lot of close-ups of yeah. like boobs and us yeah and i think and that, abs and abs and it's quite an interesting contrast mm-hmm. if you will to the celine moment um, and it also seems, I have to say, a lot messier than the Celine moment, which I quite enjoy. Yeah, There's I loved of, like, it, yeah. Just, like, it's quite a fascinating insight. There's a lot of talcum powder that you have to 
wear to get the sort of clothes she wears yeah, on yeah. in the sort of sweat that's going on and then the oiling lot, there's a lot of sweatage yes and good for her you know what that's how you get those abs not from the ab <laughs> abs belt <laughs> yeah. from Argos from actually doing exercise mm. so um, she yeah so on stage oh yeah so surprise what's been going on while well, we've been uh, privy to the backstage camera it's a sort of um Oh God! How do I describe this? Sort of like the, like the court of Louis the whatever of France mixed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets sort of Commedia dell'arte masks, mm. like the sort of like bird fucking masks. I mean, I do not like this, and I don't understand what's happening. Well, yeah. So we've got like this kind of yeah creepy marionette kind of human vampire. Is this maybe the spirits that maybe the man the was lip syncing around? Was alluding to. It sort of comes out of nowhere. Um, but what it was giving me a little bit was some Kate Bush vibes. Not... Yes, very much. But again, in like in contrast to Kate Bush, it yeah. does feel like this. Like Kate Bush has complete artistic control over what is happening, whether like whether or not it's a magician with sticks or not. Yeah. I believe that Kate Bush has intended every single moment yeah. of what she's done. Whereas this, I don't know. So this show was directed by a guy called David Barry, who's like a, a British music director uh-huh. who directed uh, like I Want to Break Free you know the Queen music video the okay. really famous one did some like Ashes to Ashes did some Bowie yeah. and also did a Cirque du Soleil uh, and I believe a Sarah Brightman to oh, tie it back wow. to your moment you were having <laughs> Nick, Nick is having a Sarah Brightman month uh, just, just to quantify not in, in an ironic way I, just, <laughs> but, um... I don't know the amount of times you've texted me about Sarah Brightman <laughs> sometimes irony can just come full circle and you'll find yourself in that front row so that's interesting because um, but sorry, but uh, yeah. what I'm saying, I, I don't want. I want to make sure the credits are right. But it says at the end, like it's credited as like uh, conceived by Janet Jackson, Shonette Hurd, who is her choreographer, mm-hmm. and who's Shonette Hurd is now a producer and director mm-hmm. of uh, films, okay, and stuff like that. So like it was directed. This I think the TV special was directed by this guy. I'm uh, assuming, and then so they he's sort responsible of responsible for the the, the camera angles, running. I guess. <laughs> And the topless, <laughs> he'll be the guy going. Just rip off your top. Yes, oil her down <laughs> or up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know how I feel about this moment. I think that, I think that Janet is, you know, she's the creative uh, brains behind the whole thing. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know where this moment is coming from. Yeah. Because um, then she comes out, they're yeah. all still like, I don't know, they look like that episode, you know, the episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they steal everyone's voices? Remember that? Did you ever watch Ye- Buffy? Yes, I used to love Buffy the Vampire so Slayer. Like that's yeah. that whole silent episode that won all those Emmys. She look, they're sort of mixed with that, with the, these Commedia Latte masks. But then she comes in a sort of a leatherette pelham skirt yes. and a trouser set. I mean, she looks great, but it's not clear what she's doing in this universe and vice versa. <laughs> Yeah, and there's this kind of, um, it sort of goes a bit like horror. Yeah. Like the costumes go kind of quite like a bit um, Hellraiser. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy with a Hannibal Lecter mask on dancing, which must yeah. be fucking difficult to dance with that yeah. one. Yeah, and there's, a, there's sort of weird like vampires. So it becomes this kind of um, horror-y moment. And in a way, perhaps that feels like a precursor to, or, or has a... Has some sort of because there were there's sometimes like bands just bring out these weird like horror songs. Like, do you remember Rihanna's Disturbia? Yeah, and that was uh, a tune though. 
And you know, the, but but it's like, where has this come from? I don't understand what the crossover <laughs> is between like Rihanna and like sort of horror do, movies. Do they release it um, uh, near Halloween? Is it? Maybe. Is it? Is the answer capitalism? Yeah, and there was uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> and there was an in sync. Song. It was an insane horror number. Oh, I mean, that was a Michael Jackson horror number. Yeah, obviously Michael Jackson. I guess maybe that's where it sort of comes from. Is thriller. yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, so we've got this this kind of um, weird sort of horror thing, and I I think in this moment as well, like the the dancing is really precise, and it's now it's become kind of thematic. Mm-hmm and about it being a set piece and again I feel like that gives it a purpose I'm not so sure that I'm here for just like dancing for the sake of it oh really so I am absolutely fine dancing for the sake of it I would love David Barry and his camera to stay the fuck still so I can have a look at it (laughs) instead of zooming in on her abs which I obviously do want to see as well (laughs) um but that uh, song, that's, this is for Trust to Try. This is Trust to Try. And there's a really great sort of satanic guitar solo oh, that's yeah. kind of awesome. And she um, and she uh, sort of does this quite kind of like convincing sort of rock goddess moment. Yeah. And I actually, it seems like the first time that she becomes kind of the front woman in a way. And I kind of really like that. I wonder if she's like playing a role, if that makes it easier for her Perhaps. to sort of... Because she seems like in interviews and things like that, she always comes across as being very kind of like shy, softly spoken. Why do they all have that voice? Honestly, in that documentary I watched, they interviewed her first husband, who was uh, the one she ran away with, eloped with, and Latoya, and one of the other brothers. And they all have that little (laughs) voice. Even the husband. Like, is there just something about growing up in LA? Maybe in a compound. compound Yeah, and and, you know, she. she, one of the things that she talks about is the reason that she kind of thing uh, where she feels like her depression comes from is the fact that she didn't have a childhood. Yeah. She was being forced to perform. So, um, and that she ended up kind of comparing herself with other people because she was this sort of slightly unconventional looking young woman who was sort of doing these performances that she maybe didn't work really her. Yeah, she also didn't really want to be doing it to begin with. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, if that's where it sort of comes from to to an extent her relationship to performance but I think it's really I think there's a complexity to it that I really like and it's sort of intriguing I think it's that thing you know we talked about this once when we were doing our show about how Sade oh we're doing the act of comparison again but I'm sorry I apologise that's (laughs) but how Sade was somebody who was like you come to me yeah rather than I'm going to put it all out there. And I wonder if in a way there's this with Janet as well. Yeah, I mean, there's such a power in that. And actually, I thought that uh, later on, which we'll get to, when she picks out her man from the audience. Let's put a pin in that. Pin that down. Okay. And we certainly will be taking a pin out of that on part two of Gig It Up podcast, Janet Jackson, All For You tour, which is coming really soon. Uh, please like and subscribe on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all that sort of stuff. It really does help us. And follow us on Instagram at Gig It Up Podcast. And see you for part two. Bye. Yeah.